You're now listening to the Wrangler Ways Podcast. I'm Gene. And I'm Kagan. The podcast where we sit down and talk about what makes Odessa College, Odessa College. Or, as we like to say, what makes OC, OC. So we hope that you see value. Mm, nice one, Gene. <laughs> in what we're going to bring to you today as we talk about stories from across the campus and the community. Let's get started. Let's do it. Welcome back to the Wrangler Waves podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Gene A. White Jr. And joining me today is co-host Kagan Scott. In this episode, we have the pleasure of welcoming Destiny Singh, our lead academic success coach for the School of Business and Industry. Our focus today, building a strong academic foundation as a college student. Destiny is a true champion of academic excellence, dedicating her career to empowering students and navigating the challenges of community college life. That's right, Gene. Destiny's experience will guide us today through strategies, resources, and the right mindset needed for success in this unique educational environment at Odessa College. Yeah, absolutely, Kagan. So I, I think one of the things I'm excited about for today is that together I, we'll uncover some of the secrets to unlocking your potential, overcoming obstacles, and then leveraging community college opportunities. Exactly. Destiny's going to give us insights, tips, and inspiring stories to help you with time management, study skills, and building a support network while at college. You know what, Kagan? What's up, Gene? I think it's time for us to go ahead and start this journey and figure out how we can establish a solid foundation as a community college student with our guests. What do you think? Let's do it. Good deal. So, Destiny, Tell us a little bit more about yourself, your time and your tenure here at Odessa College and explain to us what your role is here at OC. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for having me today. Um, my name is Destiny Singh and I have been here at OC for going on four years this next month. Um, in 2019, graduated and I started my journey here as an academic success coach. Um, after about three years in that role, I transitioned into the lead academic success coach position of the School of Business and Industry. Um, and so what we do is we help students to explore different career opportunities or career paths. Um, we help with the registration, the advising, creating a schedule, um, adding, dropping classes, um, changing majors. We do a lot. Um, so really, we are the central hub, sometimes a student's very first contact here on campus. Wow. See, that's amazing. One of the things that you said there was that you actually graduated from here. So you are a product of OC and then you came back to come and help other students. Yes, absolutely. I did the same thing, actually. I was a dual credit student here at OC when I was in high school and then in a roundabout way have come back. I've noticed that's a like pretty common theme on campus that people who have attended here have come back to work. We come back. We love it. We can't stay away. Yes. So I did graduate OC with my communications um, associate's degree and then transferred to UTPB, got my bachelor's in communications with a specialty in uh, rhetoric, speech and rhetoric studies. So you were born to be on a microphone is what you're saying? Um, We'll see. It seems like <laughs> it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm like, I'm loving it already. Gotcha. Okay. So talking about your role in academic advising, have you built out a process of setting goals for your students? Like, what does it look like to set them down and say, this is your academic journey and this is how I'm here to help you achieve your goals? Like, what is what is your approach to making sure students feel like they're prepared to start the college process? Sure. So 
we know that because a lot of the times we are a student's very first time in college, we're the very first connection they make, it can be a scary um, visit. It can be a little bit nerve wracking. Um, a lot of the time students don't know what questions to ask, right? So we start by making them feel comfortable, trying to build some rapport, ask questions about themselves, what they um, envision in the career, what they envision as far as a bachelor's degree or an associate's degree. So what we do is we start by asking, hey, what is our educational goals? Are we aware of them? Do we need to sit down and help you identify some, right? Um, is the goal to do transfer? Is it to do join the workforce or do a technical program? Um, so we have really good strategies as far as the topics we need to cover as far as testing um, modality of classes that we want to to take them in while we're here at OC and then transfer and, you know, workforce um, opportunities for students. So we we do have a pretty good outline. Um, if you wouldn't mind, tell me one more time what that actual question was. <laughs> I just started spiraling. No, I think that that was perfect. Yeah, I absolutely. think that that was perfect. And also, uh, as a little bit of background, can you explain how advising is set up at OC? I know that we have three schools. And I know that you're in charge of the School of Business and Industry under Dr. White. Who is on your team? How many advisors do you have on campus? What does that look like? Sure, absolutely. So we have three schools here on campus, right? School of Business and Industry, the School of Liberal Arts and Education, and the School of Health Sciences. Every school has a lead academic success coach and then a couple of academic success coaches within each school. Um, to add to that, we also have a academic success coach recovery position. So if we notice that our students may start to struggle and our GPA takes a little bit of a dip, they will work specifically with our recovery coach to help build an academic intervention plan. So our team is about, we have 12 advisors um, and then we have a bachelor degree program coordinator, right? Because we offer bachelor degrees here as well. Shout out Isela. Shout out Isela. We see all of our students. We're all trained to help students within every major. So there's a lot of cross training going on. Um, but we all have that specialty, right? Business and industry, health science, liberal arts and education. And if a student has questions about any specific major, we are all equipped to help answer those specific questions, right? Um, we can take students as a walk-in. We can do appointments virtually on the phone, face-to-face, um, -face, of course. So really, we're here to help students if, they have a, if it's just a walk-in or if they have something scheduled ahead of time. We'll always see them. That's awesome. And how many, typically, how many students do you see in an academic term? Do you have that number off the top of your head? Oh, I do not. I mean, between, we know that dual credit takes up half of our enrollment, right? And so if we have the other 4,000, dividing that amongst 12 advisors, yeah, we we are not yet on a caseload, but we're going to get there. And it's going to potentially even mean some more academic success coaches. Definitely. That's awesome. Now, you've mentioned um, preferences a lot for just a while ago when you talked about uh, different types of advising and the appointments that they can actually have. But you also mentioned a term a little bit earlier, and that term was modality. Now, can you explain a little bit more for those who may not know exactly what, you, what you're talking about when you say that? Sure. So here at OC, we offer hybrid classes, right, where you're going physically on campus to attend a class um, as well as turning in some work online. We have face-to-face -face courses where you will receive your instruction fully online. And then we also have online courses. So where a student would not have to come onto campus for any of their course. Um, and then 
as an online course, some of them can be synchronous and asynchronous, right? So um, a synchronous class will have assigned times for a student to log in to receive their instruction live. Um, an asynchronous would not. They can just log in there and do their coursework by the, their due dates. Now, I will say that was my favorite type of online class was the asynchronous just because I could log on at two o'clock in the afternoon or two o'clock in the morning. It just depends on when I had time and when I wanted to feel like tackling that homework. <laughs> Absolutely. And this is super helpful for students who don't live in Odessa. We have students um, in other states who take a class with us here and there. Um, so they can, if they prefer online or if that works for our students who do live in town but work full time, um, we can accommodate lots of schedules. Very nice. Yeah, that's awesome. You talk about the modalities and the different types of courses that a student has options to take. Are there any resources here at Odessa College that provide that academic support for them, um, especially when it comes to their school or their career planning? Yes. So shout out to the Learning Resources Center um, because they have tons of tutors. Their tutoring um, is available in person as well as they also have online tutoring. So whether a student is here with us in town or in proximity and, you know, able to come in person, awesome. Um, but if they need that additional support and they're not with us physically or can't make the trip, we have tons of support for them. We have a writing center on campus. So we have a math lab. Um, and really our faculty is just so amazing and in working with their students. So we always encourage students to reach out to their instructor. Um, but we have lots of um, tutoring resources that are free to our students. Where are you located on campus? And also, if we have online students, where can they access, like how can they get access to you and an academic advising? Yes, super important. So advisors, academic advising, we are located upstairs in the Salisbury Campus Center, the building with the flags out front, right? Um, we have Wrangler Express Financial Aid in the same building with student life and our game room. So right upstairs to the right is where we are. And then for students that cannot visit us in person, we have a virtual advising room. Um, I need to give Lonnie Kelly a shout out. She is our virtual advisor um, who was previously with us here on campus. Um, students can access virtual advising through our Odessa College homepage by clicking register now. And there's a virtual advising center option. Awesome. Awesome. Very cool. So you, you, you mentioned a game room though? We have a game room. Student Life has a, a game room, which they have open specific hours. I'm not entirely sure what those are, but there's a pool table. There's video games. I'm not a gamer, so I couldn't tell you. You know, I saw that for like literally. I, so I've been here since January. I saw that game room for like the first time, maybe last week when I actually paid attention to what was over there. And then there were some students that were like playing ping pong. I was like, wait a minute, what's going on? Like, can can we can we use yeah a team building event oh that's awesome. yeah let's do it cool cool that's what's up so here at odessa college a big portion of the population here at odessa college are first time in college students and with that sometimes comes anxiety about college going culture what it means to be a college student how to decide whether or not college is for you and what pathway or major that you want to take on as a student here at oc do you have a process in helping students research? Do you have students who come in prepared knowing what they want to major in? Or like what is what is a common experience that you've had helping students decide what they want to do once they leave OC? Mm -hmm. So 
every student is different, right? Some students come in here saying, hey, I've wanted to be a teacher since I was little. Um, some students might say, I still don't know what to do. Um, I graduated high school five years ago and here I am. Help me, right? So we see students um, from all all walks of life and first time in college students, um, they're, they're special to us because a lot of the times they don't have that support or they don't have a family member who has attended college that can help guide them through that process. So we have an awesome new student checklist that we make sure that we run through with them. Um, but yes, when we're helping students talk through the degree plans and certificates that we offer, um, we have a really great catalog, which tells us, you know, which programs are stackable, right? If we have a student coming in here looking for something shorter term, we offer tons of certificates. And um, a lot of our certificates, well, most of them, they go ahead and lead into a two-year pathway. So they earn a milestone and then they can continue on to do an associate's degree. And then we can talk about transfer options or staying with our BAS program. So when we're discussing different degrees and um, different opportunities, we start by asking about a student's interest, right? We say, well, what do you like to do in your free time? Um, are you into gaming? Do we need to look at maybe a computer science? Do you want to do like video game development? Um, if they're interested in doing like a service oriented major, we can talk about, you know, teaching or counseling or um, we've got child development. So really, uh, it first starts with the student's interest, right? And if they're not entirely sure, we can we can talk through the options that we have. And if they are interested in pursuing a career that is outside the field um, of what we have, which happens sometimes, um, we can just help them research where they can continue that journey on and what we can do here to help get them there. And so one of the things that we do is if they are interested in a program that would require a uh, master's degree per se, we'll go ahead and say, okay, let's, we know this information, we know you're going to need a master's, let's work backwards. What bachelor's degree are we going to need? What associate's degree does that line up with? And we'll work with the courses that we offer here and we'll get them, you know, on a path and a, a set goal of what they need to do before they transfer and then continue on. Um, we also have, you know, some um, career exploration uh, aptitude, aptitude tests. Hard word. <laughs> I was hoping y'all would cut that out. <laughs> Thank you, Kagan. We can keep that on there. Um, yeah, so we, we can look at some different resources that the college has um, to, you know, take a skills assessment, take a career and interest assessment. And coming soon is the Career and Transfer Center, right? So we will be having a hub, a place on campus where students can go in there and get the information on um, what what career opportunities are up and coming and will be prominent in this area and in this industry that's going to lead to a, um, you know, a successful career and a family sustaining wage. So we're going to have a lot of exciting things coming to Odessa College. Um, we already have so many programs that are in very high demand um, from employers. Recently, we hosted a career fair for the community over in the Sports Center, and we had students that were being offered jobs on the spot. They had, um, you know, interviews ongoing at the career fair and students were able to walk away from that night knowing that they had employment guaranteed. Right? That's awesome. That's amazing. How often do you interact with students throughout their journey? 
as often as a student needs to meet with us is um, it, it also looks different for other students, right? So personally, and you guys may have had a different experience, I was there with my advisor every semester because I was one, a transfer student from a different state. And we know that those can be just a little bit more complex. Absolutely. Um, and so the first time that we sit with a student, we build them a, a plan to completion. But, you know, life happens. We might have different preferences. We may be more excited to take a class and we're like, oh, you know what, let's move that up. But let's let's go ahead and take this the first eight weeks instead of the second eight weeks or what have you. So a student can meet with us as often as they need to or would like to. We had a student that was visiting, you know, maybe once a month just, you know, to say hello. And we have some amazing student workers who offer really great service to our students and they kind of just go out there to hang out. Um, if in advising, we call them our interns, even though <laughs> they are not interns. They are super friendly. Every yeah. time I see them, they're always like, hey, always with a smile on their face. <laughs> yes. Um, so really every the level of support that a student needs varies, right? Where I needed my advisor, you know, once a semester or twice a year, um, a student can meet with us for that first time and say, hey, I'm good. I, I know exactly what I need to do and I know where I'm going to take each class and I'm just going to do the things. And so we we love to see students, um, you know, in our offices and keeping us busy, but we also love to f leave a student feeling as if they're empowered, they know what they're taking. We'll see them at graduation. Definitely. And I think you all, ha I mean, you really have kind of a cycle even within one student. Like they may start off like for me, at the very beginning of my collegiate career, I needed more assistance and I needed to see my advisor every semester. And then kind of as I went along the past the bachelor's into the master's and different things like that, you know, or even later into the bachelor's degree, because I went the community college route myself. I started with the associate's degree, but by the time I transferred over to the bachelor program, I didn't need as much. And so I had that growth. Um, it, actually, I wanted to be a doctor when I first went to college, like a, a medical oh, doctor. I, 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 I know, right? <laughs> right, right. Absolutely. A, a different type of doctor. I actually said I wanted to get a shirt that says I'm not that kind of doctor. But, you know, <laughs> I get you the shirt. <laughs> but I did want to be that kind of doctor at the very beginning. And then, you know, botany, chemistry and calculus kind of took me out. But I can see where a student has that growth and then they don't need as much help. Uh, as they did maybe in the beginning. But for that student that does need the help, that wants to transfer out, how do they go about identifying the core requirements and the things that they need for their major specific uh, degree programs or what their major specific courses are? Sure. So the state of Texas has the same 42 core requirements right now based on the industry or the degree that they're interested in transferring to would kind of help us to determine what specific core we may need to be in, right? So a business major may not need an anatomy class, but a health science major would. So it's helpful for us to kind of have those those guidelines of, hey, I'm interested in a health career. Um, and so we can help to guide what it is exactly that we're going to need and what would be the most beneficial. Um, because the goal is for students to take as little amount of class or as little amount of extra courses, zero extra courses, of course, is the goal. Um, but it's also common for students to change their major, right? Where you thought you wanted to be a medical doctor and, you know, I thought I wanted to be a veterinarian and I didn't make it to a science class. So I said, nope, I know that's not what I want to do. I've always stayed away from science classes. So <laughs> it's math for me. I was like, 
I went through the degree program and looked in the catalog and say, okay, this needs college out. Nope. Okay. This needs college fit. Nope. Okay. <laughs> I was good with shapes like geometry, okay. trig. I'm good with those. When you start talking about these imaginary numbers and I was like, mm -mm, I'm good. So what's the next one? Yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up because sometimes that helps to determine what degrees we may need to not consider. Advising is a lot more than just helping students with enrolling in classes. It's, you know, helping them with their well-being, making sure that they're okay. I know we have college life coaches on campus and college connection coaches, um, but I, I'm sure that you play a role in making sure that the whole student is okay, more than just the academic, but the, the person who is the student is okay. Do you have stories of students that you have seen get involved in campus in outside of the classroom and what their growth has looked like at OC? I have a wonderful example, actually. You may be familiar with Samantha Flores. Yes. She is um, graduated now, but she came to OC last year, uh, maybe right before peak registration, and we were down a few student workers. And so we saw Sam in an advising visit for the first time and we said, hey, would you be interested in working here in our office? We, we need some student workers. And she said, yeah, you know what? Um, let me go ahead. She filled out an application, interviewed, great. She was a wonderful um, Odessa College ambassador. We loved having her in the office. And I am an advisor for the Transfer Association. Got to plug that in there. Um, and we needed to you know, recruit for the association and, and start getting some new board members. I said, hey, Sam, come check this out. Um, and so she came. She ended up being our president. She ended up being student government association's president. Wow. Sat up on stage at graduation. Um, and I think just because a lot of our students go from parking lot to the class to the parking lot. And so if we're able to say, hey, what are you doing? Do you have a job? Are you looking for employment? Um, and kind of reel them into see them as, you know, let them see us as as people, as maybe interested in um, having a career in education or, or higher education and really just give them a sneak peek as to what we do and give them a taste of, you know, some leadership opportunities. And um, Sam's been doing amazing. She is going to go ahead and transfer to Corpus Christi here in the fall. Uh, I know, we'll be sad to lose her. But um, yeah, no, it's amazing to see what our students are capable of when we can make that connection. And if we can, you know, reel them in and say, let's let's explore the things that we offer here on campus. Let's explore the associations. Mm -hmm. um, they really they go all in. I'm, I'm interested in you use the term the connection. And I like to think of connecting with people is almost like networking. And so how can students effectively network with their peers, um, faculty and alumni in maybe their field of interest? Sure. So we, in our advising sessions, we tell students, use your faculty, use your department chair. They're going to be a wonderful resource in connecting you with potential job opportunities and letting you know of the upcoming career fair events. Um, but also aside from that is joining an association or starting an on-campus organization because a group of, you know, 10 students that may not know each other will leave that association feeling a part of something. And we know that when students feel a sense of belonging, they are going to do better in their courses. They're going to persist. They're going to graduate. And so um, 
in these associations or in these discussions, they can talk to other students and see what it is that they're going to be studying, um, what fields they're going to be pursuing. And, you know, you never know who someone else knows and what doors that that could potentially open for you. They could graduate and then Sam can come back and say, hey, do you know someone who knows someone in the health science field? I'm looking for a job. Do, do we have a lot of those associations on campus? We do. Um, so Student Life keeps a list of all of the current associations on our website. And if a student is interested in starting an association, they can definitely contact Student Life and um, get something set up. They just need an advisor, not necessarily a academic success coach, but they need a person on campus willing to, you know, step in and be the advisor and oversee that particular association. Yes. Now, where is Student Life located? They are located upstairs in the Salisbury Campus Center to the left, over, right across from us. Over there by the, okay, got By you. the game room. Oh. <laughs> okay, all right. That's a fun, so in other words, second floor of the campus community, of the campus center, I'm sorry, Salisbury Campus Center, second floor is the fun zone, we would say? Exactly. Maybe? Okay, yes. all right, cool. We got a TV in there, I can watch TV or movies or something? We have TVs in every office. I don't love a TV in my <laughs> office. Yeah, we don't have TVs what? over here. <sighs> okay. Y'all got any job openings over there? <laughs> we do. <laughs> we need student workers. Oh, okay. We, yeah. Okay. All right. So if anybody's listening right now and we got some job openings, y'all go out and uh, come sign up, enroll, and then apply. So as students get more involved on campus as you see them get more involved or just generally first time in college students students who might be a little rusty in terms of being in class do you have tips on how students can prioritize assignments or how they can break down tasks how they can take notes do you do you provide that knowledge to students and what do you normally tell them yeah. So when we have a student that's not maybe a um, traditionally fresh out of high school student, we do talk to them about what their work-life balance may currently look like to determine how heavy of a school schedule we're going to have. Right. And so the tips that I like to give and um, what we kind of encourage them to do is maybe let's go ahead and make sure that we are able to prioritize our time. Right. So if it's an online course, print out that syllabus so that you know exactly what is expected of you week by week, what assignments will be due. Um, that would be a really big uh, helping, helpful tip for students who are hands-on, you know, paper people. Um, because a lot of the times when it's an online class, that's also one of the biggest struggles is keeping on top of the assignments and not letting it be something where, hey, I don't have to be physically in this course. I might forget about it. So really just making sure that we're able to prioritize our time or set aside the time. And if it's an online course, maybe you just pretend like it's an in-person and on Mondays and Wednesdays, let's hang out at the LRC. So dedicating specific days to work on courses is helpful. I love that because I used to use that same strategy with my students. That is amazing. Fun fact, first online course I took in a community college, failed it fabulously. I mean, it was amazing how I felt. I logged in and did not touch the learning management system at all after I enrolled in the class. It was a, a, a heroic fail, actually, is what it was. And so it was great. But I actually went and took that same strategy for myself when I started going through 
the rest of my online journey when it came to my uh, higher education. And I would take the syllabus and all of those due dates that came out and I would take and write them in a calendar. So then I just started working backwards. I knew if I had an assignment that was due three weeks from now, then I need to chunk it up into small days where I could work a little bit at a time. And so that way I wouldn't have to cram so much the night before to get it done. So yeah, that's a great strategy. I love planner people. I'm a planner person and I can actually relate in the being out of school for a bit and then jumping back in. Kagan, I know you know. Yeah, I can too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Me three. No. Exactly. Yeah. So school school can be hard and making sure that you have a really, um, you know, you're prepared as much as you possibly can be. And sometimes no matter how much we prepare, it's still a reality check when we're starting back up and to realize how much time school can take. And so having a good support system, knowing about your resources on campus and staying organized are super important. Definitely. It's like a muscle, like being a student is a muscle and you have to kind of get back into it. Like I, like you were saying, I just took a break in between undergrad and graduate school and it's getting back into graduate school. It's like, holy cow, this is, I, um, this is something like I, I forgot how to ride this bike. Mm -hmm. Where are the training wheels? Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, you mentioned prepare and, and preparing to get back in school. Now the student has started their journey. They decided to set their sights on this very important this very big day called graduation. So can you walk us through the process uh, that students should um, follow to prepare themselves for graduation, whether it be um, transfers to another university or maybe it's just a transfer into uh, the workforce? Like, you know, what are some tips or things that are important for a student to know and to kind of set their sights on? Sure. So as a student is um, nearing graduation, we encourage them to come and meet with us. Let's take a, you know, a one more look at your degree plan, make sure we have everything um, that we need to be ready to graduate on our expected graduation date. Um, we, they need to go ahead and apply for graduation so that our records office knows to review the information, um, decide if they want to walk the stage, which I always recommend to our students. It's such a special time. I cry most at most of our every characters. time I play every time facts. yes it's it's such a special time we definitely want to look at um how prepared we are for this next step um do I need to go ahead and prepare myself to transfer and go to uh maybe get my bachelor's degree does the field that I'm interested in would I be more successful in that career field with a higher level of education um do I have a resume ready Right. That's really important for our students to have, um, which the writing center can assist with. We just want to make sure that we have our ducks lined up and we can do that in advising by making sure um, we are our degree plans are covered. If we're interested in transferring elsewhere, we can help connect students with transfer advisors for the schools are going to. We need to make sure that we are um, aware of that school's application deadlines and, you know, when FAFSA opens up. So really, we're just we're just kind of looking at what is our next steps? Do we know what they are? If not, let's identify them. Let's talk about them. Um, what are what's what's next? How many credits do does a student need to graduate and get their associate's degree at Odessa College? 60 credit hours. 60. So would it be 
a good recommendation or a suggestion if a student didn't want to come and see their advisor, say, for instance, every semester, maybe if they set the benchmark to say, I'm going to see my advisor by 15 credits, 30 uh, 30 credits, 45 and 60 to kind of break it up to make sure you've gotten at least four sessions with your advisor? Sure. Yeah, that that would mean that we're getting, um, you know, our face to face time to register for every upcoming semester and we can take a look at what we've done and how we have, um, you know, been successful in our previous semester. Do we need to switch things up? Do you want to try an online class? Do you want to stick to face to face? So, yes, um, in the first year of college, students want to hit that 30 credit hour benchmark if possible. And then that second year, they complete another 30 to finish up at their 60 credit hours. So, yes, I think that definitely the first initial meeting is important. Maybe um, after their first semester, talking about registration for the next, a midway check-in, and then a graduation check-in, which is about that 45 credit hour mark. Gotcha. So, but now that's for a full-time student. Would that be the same recommendation for a part-time student who may not be trying to get a full 15 or can't get it during the first year for, um, because of work or family or finances, just whatever? Yeah, I think even meeting um, every semester with a part-time student is important because circumstances change. Our work schedule may not be as busy in the summer, so we can double up on classes then. Um, Our kids is school schedules may look different or sports. Um, So yeah, coming to see us so that we can determine and plan you out according to what your life has going on is important. Gotcha. Okay. I have a question. So one of the things that Odessa College is known for nationally is our eight-week courses. And that has become a trend across the United States. And I was curious, what are the different terms we have here at OC. I know we have fall one, fall two, spring one, spring two, but I know that there are a few other ways that students can take classes here. Do you, can you list them? I sure can. So yes, uh, you know, we've got that fall one, fall two, midwinter is between fall and spring, which is about three weeks or so. Okay. So like Christmas break. Christmas break. Yes. If we're not traveling, let's do something. Cool. Right. Then we have spring one, spring two, Maymester, um, which is another really condensed term. And then we have summer one and summer two. So you can go to classes year round if that's what you choose. Wow. Right. Yeah. Which is kind of cool because if you are a part-time student that says, okay, I can only take maybe one or two classes in a term or in a semester, then you can just take one or two classes in term one, term two, come back in the midwinter, take another one, you know, and you can kind of stretch out what a traditional or a what we would call a traditional student would take within the semester that includes those two terms. But that's kind of cool. Yeah, it is. And what that does is it allows so many on-ramps for students, right? So if they miss a spring start, they don't have to wait the 16 weeks to get to register again. They just can start that next eight weeks in March. Gotcha. What's your favorite part about supporting um, our students here at OC? So um, I actually, I think my favorite part is being exactly what I got to experience. So when I went to Odessa College, I, you know, I worked with advisors here. When I went to UTPB, I had a great experience with advising there too. And so 
it's it's scary. It can be a little bit scary for some students that don't have um, someone to help guide them. And so when you can kind of shed some light on their plan, exactly what it is that they need to do and when they can graduate and let them see the light at the end of the tunnel, um, it's an amazing feeling. And I also love to see when we have, you know, business and industry students. If a student comes in here wanting to do a welding certificate, thinking that an associate's degree was completely not possible for them, they earn that level one certificate, they go in to earn that level two, and then they see, you know what, this wasn't so hard. I'm going to go ahead and do the associate's degree because I like school, I like OC, I like this program, and it's going to be what's best for my future. That's so, so seeing, empowering. It is, exactly. So seeing that students, um, they surpassed our expectations, and it's it's wonderful. Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. I um, thank you for sitting down to talk with us today. We really enjoyed it, and we hope that you enjoyed taking the time to meet with us. You're fantastic and a great addition to the OC family. Oh, thank you so much. Kevin. Absolutely. I got one last question. Are you positively OC? I'm positively OC. <laughs> we are the best school. Shout out, positively OC. <laughs> Again, thank you, Destiny. We appreciate you. We loved having you and having this conversation today. Everybody, stay tuned for the next episode of Wrangler Waves Podcast. Peace. This has been another episode of the Wrangler Waves Podcast, where we discuss what makes OC, OC. You can follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, wherever you listen to your podcasts. We'll be releasing new episodes routinely throughout this next academic year. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time.